Welcome Community Radio in the heart of Shakespeare country, for the community, by the community, in the community. Nice. Music from Big Pink on Welcome Radio, presented by Doug Armstrong. Enjoy the journey. Hello everybody and welcome to another show of music from Big Pink with myself, Doug Armstrong, Stratford answer to whispering Bob Harris, not. Um, Today's guest is another interesting one, because as you all know, all our listeners, every guest is interesting we have on. Today's guest is a musician, he's a session guitarist, and he's an artist. Welcome, Chris Gibbons. Hello, Doug. Thank you for coming along, Chris. No, my pleasure. It's nice to be back. And I've got some vocal calls restored since last time we spoke, and I kind of crackled at the end of the microphone. Yeah, you you, you were suffering quite a bit. Oh, God, yeah. Now, Chris, you've got a, a really cracking reputation with your peers as a guitarist and a session guitarist really yeah the fools everybody <laughs> speaks out everybody i know speaks highly of you they probably will owe me money <laughs> <laughs> just kidding folks just kidding <laughs> actually i probably owe them money but there we go no it's uh oh it's very flattering i mean it's funny because i've i kind of i think i sort of fall between two stalls because you know not living in the kind of london catchment area and also the, the whole recording uh, industry has changed a lot with the advent of you know people having their own like studios facilities like this. I mean, in the eighties, you you could have bought a house with the money that you needed to set up with just a really basic studio, mm. and then you had to pay musicians. But nowadays, you've got you know samplers, you've got you know high end. Um, signal processing that's all embedded into the computer software so you don't need that so therefore everybody's able to make music uh, at a very low cost Mm -hmm. so i I bet it's changed an awful lot since you first set out that's recording studios absolutely i mean to go in a recording studio was um i think the first the first proper studio that wasn't a kind of um um <laughs> I have to say, first band I was in, we went to see um, an, an agent. I lived in West London. That agent, a guy called Norton York, and he was very no- well known at the time. And he said, yeah, "You can, you can, you know, I'll get you some gigs, but you've got to record a demo." So he had this deal with this little recording studio in Holland Park, and we all went in there, piled in there with our, you know, Mickey Mouse amplifiers, all valve, old valve amplifiers. And the recording engineers were these guys were like you know literally brown overalls you know the brown coat with mm-hmm. the, the yeah, ye- yeah, yellow yeah. with the yellow stubby pencil behind their ear and a clipboard and then it's oh no it's too loud no but I want to sound like Clapton oh no 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 so they literally got my little valve amp and sort of buried it behind pillows and cushions and stuff so instead of it going wow it went clink clink <laughs> there's no sound at all so we were struggling to do this recording but. Yeah, that was that was good. And then um, the proper first recording was done in um, in the studios in the basement of Orange Music, which is you know, you know Orange amplifiers, and they had all kinds of you know really big people playing there. John Miles R.I.P. was one of their 
artist, but they had a studio downstairs and we recorded an album there and it had um, wonderful pianist Lou Martin, who's also sadly no longer with us, who later went on to be Rory Gallagher's keyboard player mm. and um, Stuart McDonald Mac and Daryl Reed on drums. Uh, also, sadly, you know, what longer with us? I think we're all of that age now. And, um, and my writing partner, Jeff Pasternak, who's Emperor Roscoe's brother, they were both sons of Joe Pasternak, who's the big Hollywood film producer. We did all the Judy mm. Garland movies mm. and all that. So we went down in the studio of, um, of uh, uh, I think it was the Radio Luxembourg studios at the time. And if, <clears throat> if you're listening to this and if this is any interest, if you go onto YouTube, Look for Crayon Angels, and that's Crayon spelt with a K, Crayon Angels, full album. And it's a bootleg album made from an acetate, and it's on YouTube, and it's it's awesome. It's like, it's kind of like somewhere between psychedelic and punk and L.A., very influenced by Doors, Jefferson Airplane, The Who. It's all in there because it was like 1969, and that was where everybody's heads was at, at the time, so... Well, you met some really good names. I mean, obviously, I've seen, I've had, the, I had the pleasure of um, seeing Rory Gallagher a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And I can always remember he, he, he was minimalistic with his kit. Stage was half bare, and it was just him that's dancing it. around with that's energy, it. wasn't it? That's it. That's it. You don't. It, in fact, it's really funny. You know, like when you see these, um, from the, you know, from the front of the stage, these big walls of Marshall amplifiers. Yeah, yeah. You go around the back, all the cabinets are empty. <laughs> really? And there's like a little Fender champ with a U87 on it, you know. <laughs> Looks good from the audience's point of view. Kinder to the roadies. Um, I, can, <laughs> I can remember the days, it was 10 years after. And oh, it, it was just like a wall of amps That's behind, it, yeah. wasn't it? You know, I can remember Chick Churchill going from his um, his keyboard and climbing on top of these amps at yeah. Newcastle City Hall, and the amps were rocking side to side, <laughs> you know. Oh, they were the real deal then. That was the real deal. So later on, it's like, be kinder to the roadies. They're all getting arthritis in their spines. We'd take the speakers out and just mic up a nice little mezzaboogie or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was interesting you talk about Emperor Oscar, because I can remember him as well. Oh, yeah. Well, with me and uh, Jeff, uh, who is the, some, my songwriting partner, and then we, we all lived in a, in a flat in West Kensington, and stories there. I was actually, um, we were there one day and because he broke the free with All Right Now, he broke that record and they all piled in to the flat, you know, and we all were sitting around having coffee and whatever. And, uh, and the embarrassing thing was that Andy Fraser, um, the bass player, he lived on the same council estate as me in Roehampton. And I was in a band with um, two guys, a guy called um, um, Graham Stagg and another... Uh, the bass player was Barry Green who grew up to be Barry Blue the 70s pop star and um, Barry and I were still friends because he's a mm. music producer now we do film music together and stuff um, but he went on and produced loads of you know these I suppose he's most known for um, the work with Rod Temperton with the um, heat wave um, but uh, anyway so I remember Andy Fraser coming up to me at Putney Bridge Station, me and my mate Gra Graham were saying, Do you, want, you guys want a bass player? He went, no, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I've got holes in the foot where I shot it later. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's really interesting. A lot of lot of interesting names. So you must have travelled a lot. Travelled a lot then. Not really. Not really. Not really. I mean, not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, uh, early seventies. I I um I kind of came off the road uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, having a daughter as the you know the main one. I just didn't want to be away from home. So I was doing. started to break into the session scene more in London, doing um, doing session work and arrangements and stuff like that. Um, but we uh, we decided to up sticks and move down to sunny Devon, because mm. it was a more humane place, place to mm. bring up a little girl than Stoke Newington, which was, you know, pretty pretty edgy at the time. So. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, the, the thing is, you start talking about, like, the late 60s and 70s, and you think, oh, there's a lot of famous names there. I think you didn't really think that at the time. I mean, people have gone on to do good things, but at the time they were just geezers like you and I. We yeah. just we didn't have like big egos or anything because we were all just trying to, you know, get gigs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What's the aim in life? Get a gig. So yeah. he's just sat around the West End, hoping that somebody would say, "Yeah, there's a gig going down at the, uh, you know." wherever and you go is it pile in there and you plead with the manager and it's not like uh, have you got a CD because they didn't exist and I don't even think there were cassettes then was there no probably no, not wouldn't, no, wouldn't be no, have you got a tape and you think tape cost a fortune yeah you're gonna have to trust us mate <laughs> <laughs> nothing like taking a risk was there? nothing like taking a risk I know god yeah, because those places that seem really glamorous, like going to the market, playing the marquee, for example, you'd go in there to set up, and you'd be walking, you know, and, and the carpet would be like sticky. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, the sticky carpet arms. <laughs> yeah. um, I can remember those days. My favourite was um, in in Birmingham. It would be uh, the fighting cocks or, or the bull's head. Oh God! And, yeah. Yeah, you know, and the, your feet stuck to the ground, and your bum stuck to the seat. <laughs> And uh, there was there was springs coming out the upholstery oh, and everything, you know. Yeah, no dancing. Oh, well, we you know, we, we we couldn't even if we wanted to. <laughs> Fabulous places like them. Oh, I know. Um, you know. couldn't see across the room for smoking. You wouldn't want to see across the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fabulous dear. times. Do you want us to play? You want to play your first number? Oh, okay then. Yeah. Okay, so when I was riding with Jeff, we we um. We um, the Crane Angels bad. Sadly, the producers that saw us they wanted us just as a duo doing a kind of a Simon and Garfunkel thing, and um, so they the first series of recordings they dragged us into Olympic Studios in Barnes, and we got the um, Bill Shepard, who is the um, Bee Gees orchestration orchestrator and mm-hmm. orchestra. Sorry, mumbling Bee Gees orchestra. And he arranged the tracks, so they all sounded like the Bee Gees. So then we got another producer, a, a production team, and um, this is my link with this area because I moved up to Edge Hill and uh, got a cottage there. And I wrote this in the winter of 1971. Viewers out there in Radio Land, look closely at your speaker and you won't see this piece of paper I'm holding up <laughs> because it's on the radio, but it's a handwritten lyric sheet it is. from then, which I've dug out. So um, I don't know if I can sing it in the original key because my um, my vocal range is a bit 
knackered after the um, after the operation, but I'll so I'll, I'll try I'll try and sing in the original key, maybe. I decided to kill some time. Feed the birds from my kitchen window. Waiting for the frost to go I count the days before you come back home And I'm sure you're feeling fine With your lilac underneath your pillow Photos taken years ago Of you and me just see how much we've grown Send a message on the wind at sundown And I'll hear you singing in the evening breeze Send a message on the wind at sundown And I'll hear you singing in the evening Glowing bright And I stir the coals To make me warmer Reading books I've read before Of anti-heroes Trying to succeed And the stars that shine at night Look down on her Sleeping in the corner Papers scattered on the floor My letters to the she forgot to read So send a message On the wind at sundown And I'll hear you singing In the evening breeze Send a message On the wind at sundown Wake up, everyone. I know that was chilled, but just wake up. <laughs> it's it's only 5.15. <laughs> um, I'm not a musician, but I always find at these sessions and also um, when I work with the songwriting with the musicians, I, I just love watching the hands and the finger work. Um, yours is just so light. You've got such a light touch. That's really important. It's very, very important is to have a light touch because... <clears throat> So I, 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 I do teach guitar. Mm. There's so many people that are offering online tuition now. You, you know, you open Facebook and the, every other 
posters like oh you don't need to know music theory you don't mm. need to know anything really you just need to sign up to my course yeah. <laughs> it's just like hmm that's strange you know like a thousand years of music history and yeah I mean, the thing is is there's only one mathematician in the universe yeah silence only one so the 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 whole structure of music is is mathematical is this it's just you know, the, the the scale that we recognize is I'll play that again arrangement of tones and semitones that gives us the familiar do re mi scale you think well, where do those notes come from mm. i mean where do they come from i wouldn't know <laughs> answers on a postcard <laughs> yeah. first correct answer gets a crate of jack daniels no i lied <laughs> um it's um if you pluck a guitar string and you touch the string very lightly exactly the halfway point between where the strings are anchored is the the nut is called at one end of the bridge to the other end that gives you the first harmonic that's so the half of the vibrating length give, gives you a note exactly an octave above the fundamental mm -hmm. that's a third of the vibrating length and that gives you the second harmonic and then quarter of the vibrating length and that gives you the higher octave still mm -hmm. So you hear that. Now, if you think of a bugle player, mm. he's only got, it's a bugle, it's just a, a coil of brass. Yeah. It's a brass tube coiled up. He hasn't got any valves on it, so he produces the different notes by lip pressure, which excites the same harmonics that I'm playing on a guitar. So I... Bugle music, yeah, and those are the, the so that's the building block of the scale, mm -hmm. and you can until you get into dog whistling territory. Now, if you take all those harmonics and and consolidate them into the same octave, in other words, into the same thing, that gives you your major scale. Mm -hmm. So people say you don't need to learn music theory, but the music theory is the glue that binds everything together. So there's no such thing as a free lunch. The way you go about learning music theory, that can be presented in ways that are more accessible. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you can't you can't avoid what nature has already provided. Mm -hmm. It's just like we can show you a way of breathing without using air. No, you can't. <laughs> so, um, so the thing is, is that when you see somebody playing guitar that's done a lot of uh, online stuff. Sometimes you you stumble into the territory where you yeah, you yeah. can see their body is not approaching the instrument right. They're not. They're kind of like if you think you you know the, the nerves that go from your brain to your hands have got to go down your arms and your wrist, and you see people really screwed up over the guitar and they're so tense. But no, no, it's got to be you got to chill out and play the guitar. Give you give the nerve endings a chance, you know. Mm. So yeah, lesson over. Send donations to. Welcome, Radio Care of. <laughs> well, that's, that's really quite interesting. I admire your guitar. I mean, uh, the the listeners obviously won't be able to to see it, but it's quite an interesting beast, isn't it? It is. It is. It's called an Adamus, and it's uh, it looks like a plant pot. Yeah. With yeah. Like, the top's made of a lamination of birch ply and carbon fibre, 
and the back is like a bowl back and it's made of um, Kevlar. And what they didn't realise is when they built these guitars with a convex back, a bowl back, that it's great for country and western singers, but I've never seen a skinny country and western <laughs> middle-aged guitarists. They all got, they all got, they've all got reciprocal stomachs, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you end up playing with a guitar about six inches in front of you, you know. Anyway, <laughs> no, that, that's really good. How, how old is that one? Um, how old are you? Uh, about forty years old. He says 40 years old. 40 years old. And I use this for playing folk music because it doesn't know any jazz chords. This guitar doesn't play, it doesn't know jazz chords. Yeah. I tried talking to it. But it just won't respond. Well, I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Listeners, Doug is looking very confused. I oh, think, yeah, I, I, think I, I think I'm weirding him out. Oh, you are, yeah. <laughs> uh, my brain is trying to process all this knowledge um, and look intelligent at the same time. I'll give an intelligent answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which in my case, I'd struggle to. Oh, you and me both. I don't know what intelligent is anymore. I mean, I just do so many stupid things every day. You know, like um, I, I do cycling. I come here for the cycling thing on Sunday, did a long ride, best part of 50 miles. And I thought, right, I'm not gonna put anything into the washing machine that's got like old paper tissues or anything like that. So I emptied out all my pockets and put in like four black t-shirts and black cycling kit. And then I forgot that because of hay fever, I got to a cafe and I stuffed a napkin up the cuff of my cycling shirt. I forgot about that. So, and a pair of black jogging bottoms. So I got them out this morning and it looked like, hmm, snowfall. Yeah, yeah, pebble dash. Yeah. Pebble dash, oh God, yeah. I know. Yeah. Kind of use up a reel of, uh, reel of parcel tape trying to get all the fluff off. <laughs> okay, give us your second tune now. If you, okay, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to do another tune from that era because I think, <clears throat> I think the good thing about songs written then is that there was a lot of empathy. People people felt other people's feelings. Mm. Not saying that they don't now, but I think I hear a lot of modern music but it seems very inward looking, very self obsessed. You know, but back then it was um, I think people I think the care that people had for one another as a natural caring, not something that you felt that you had to do because it was spiritual or some nonsense like that. Just na the natural feeling that people have for one another. I think it reflected more in the music. So this is called Now the Rest. Now the rest is up to you You'll have to find the answer The answer's on your own Hard I tried But you will see I cannot tell you everything Everything I know And so we go different ways today I thank you for the company you 
shed And when you're having dreams so far away Don't cry for me, pretend you never cared A long time passing A child has gone The earth has taken flower And greeted you this day A long beginning And a sudden end So take your hours so gently Or you'll find they'll slip away So fortune Be your guide beside you Wish that we weren't feeling oh so sad Until we meet in that next time Don't cry for me, pretend you never cared each other we say hello for now we are one person that we didn't know before there I go when here I stay as part of me was taken because we're made that way in time you'll understand these words to you And realize the burden that I bear Let wisdom, time and love be near to you Don't cry for me, pretend I wasn't there Nice song, nice lyrics. Thank you, thank you. Was that co-written again or? No, I buried myself in it. Well, the, the arrangement I had with um, Jeff, the songwriting partner, we, we put everything as, you know, in our, both our names. Mm -hmm. So we all contributed. Um, that, that's my lyrics, and I, I think he had, he had um, come up with some me melodic ideas and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's a very personal song because it was about someone, so. Mm -hmm. I, I own it in my heart, shall we say, with that, it doesn't sound too precious. But uh, yeah, no, we had a great. Real brothers, real soul brothers. We, mm. You know, we we bounced off of one another all the time. Mm. I work much better when I'm writing with someone. Mm. I, it's a strange thing. I'm not confident of my own writing if I'm writing for myself. It feels like I feel a little bit vulnerable or something. I, you know, I find myself, um, you know, taking bits of other things because I want it to be accepted rather than actually mm. just 
closing my eyes and letting it flow, you know. But I do that too sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So you how long have you been songwriting then? God, what what year is it now? <laughs> Twenty two. No way, really. Um well um um let's see. Let's see. Fifty five years. I've, so the guy said when you're playing your songs to produce and he says uh, uh, nice song let me know when you got a tune <laughs> you've got a proper tune here <laughs> yeah something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, shamelessly stolen line <laughs> when I first uh, well, actually I've seen you perform a couple of times probably about 10, 15 really? years ago yeah and when I first went along, I was told you were a blues guitarist. Oh, okay, then. You want to hear some blues? No, you don't <laughs> play blues later on. No, because people get saddled with it, don't they? I've got a, I've got a guitar there, but it needs, it needs an amplifier and stuff like that, you know. But um, uh, Oh, we can, we can do some blues. I don't mind. But you're in you're in a jazz band now, I believe as well. Jazz band. It sounds like you know wearing striped blazers and boaters. <laughs> well, I've uh, uh, Stuart Duthie, who lives in Leamington, who is a great friend and bass player, mm. and um, he did some um, some blues gigs with me. But he's he's a real he loves jazz. So we be, because I couldn't sing anymore for a couple of years. I, can't really sing properly now really I lost so much range um, we put together I mean he was doing jazz stuff anyway he plays a regular Fender bass but also like an upright bass not a big acoustic bass upright, mm. but an electric upright and if you've seen them like yeah, yeah, yeah. elaborate broom handle with strings yeah and um, so we put together like a just a nice you know nice trio then a quartet um, it was good yeah Lamington's got a, some good bass players in there, haven't they? They are. They are. There's, um, uh, yeah, there's Wayne, Wayne Matthews, a stunning technician, lovely mm. guy. I did a couple of the um, featured artists at the um, Bedford Street jazz venue. But, um, yeah, there's, I mean, the thing is, I'm a, I, I'm a little bit of a satellite musician. I, I don't... I don't go along to many open mic nights and things like that, mostly because, I, you know, it's a bit of a 30-mile round trip for me. And, yeah. you know, what with um, one thing and another. I, I've been starting to get out more recently, though, forced myself, come on, you know you want to do it. So yeah, I've gone yeah. into town and done something. And it is odd. I mean, I, I try to get around a few because people help me out and I feel it's only courtesy to go and yeah. listen to people. And I, yeah. like, I like good music anyway, or what I think is good music. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I like... Blues. I like jazz very much. Yeah. And I, I always like to listen to something different. Yeah. I like original stuff. Um, and I like a challenge. And as I say, I, I, I know I saw a very good bass guy, well, I've seen him several times, plays with Wes Finch. Yeah. John, somebody, yeah. I, know, I forget yeah. his surname, apologies, John. Uh, he was a really good double bass player. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's Carol, what's the surname? Carol Whitworth? Yeah, 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 and you've yeah. played with Carol before. Oh, you? yeah, yeah, Carol and Tom. I mean, yeah. we, we, we play great together because everything tends to get a little bit kind of post psychedelic, you know. We just go off and do it. Shall we rehearse now? Don't bother, just I'll give you the key, and 
We'll start here and see what happens. So psyched out. You're a bit of a hippie then, are you? No, no, me. <laughs> I'm a mod, mate. I'm an old town in a Motown. You're a mod, And soul-loving mod. You brought up with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you brought up with... Well, I, I mean, I was soul as well, because everyone the mods and the rockers were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I was sort of in the middle. I was a mocker. A mocker, yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I like my... had my doors... I like my doors of soul music and like yeah. everybody else you know yeah, on Saturday yeah. night with the brass and that's so what you can oh, dance God, yeah. swing around and that you know yeah. Well, yeah I had a soul band in Devon with horn players and that was before the commitments and it was before the Blues Brothers and people were like what's this you know you get out there and playing Curtis Mayfield stuff and yeah. Marvin Gaye stuff all the old stack stuff you know with horns and they go yeah. never heard anything like this before I was brought up in a bit more um, sort of rural stuff in the northeastern. You may have heard it was a guy called Gino Washington. Oh God, yeah. And he was a ex ex RAF, and um, but he was a, he was he was he was obviously black. Yeah, yeah. And most of his band weren't in those days, which I could never work out. No, I saw I saw I saw him playing Roehampton when uh, uh, when I lived there. Funnily, uh, Barry the Barry Blue as he is. He was uh, playing bass for a yeah. while with Gino, yeah, when he yeah. started up. He's still going, isn't he, Gino? I think so, I think so. I think he's like, um, I think there's certain there's certain features of our past that seem to be, you know, indestructible. They're always going to be there, aren't they? He must be about 90 on them. Bless him. <laughs> he was, I can remember, he was like, in the northeast, there were, you know, everybody loved him. Um, there was them and family. Family was another one. Everybody, the, yeah, the family, yeah, everybody yeah. loved them in the northeast. You know. Oh God! And what's the? Um, is it Lindisfarne? Lindisfarne, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lindisfarne, but a bit later. Um, yeah, yeah. Lindisfarne. Actually, strangely enough, I was born opposite really? the island of Lindisfarne. Really, my really? first ten years of my life. Every morning, I pulled the curtains and I could look across. Gosh, Holy gosh. Island, we call it Holy yeah. Island. I did a painting of Lindisfarne for a friend. Yeah, I'll have to do one for you. Yeah, I would love that. Stick it in the post. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Anyway, you you come from Kyneton now, or yeah. Edge Hill, you said. Well, I, I lived in Edge Hill in 1970-71, and I moved back up here in 2000. You know, Dad had died. Mum was living in Banbury. She was going downhill first. Devon threw me out. They said, we don't want you here anymore. It's not actually true, but it felt like it. I just couldn't. After being there, and you know, not having a marriage anymore in Devon, and not having the, the um, I don't know what you would call it. It just didn't feel. I felt like I had to move, so that was it. So yeah. I moved. I mean, Devon's wonderful. I got got a very very close friend Sue down in Devon, and we we go cycling. But I haven't been down there for a while because of all the restrictions. But mm. um, but yeah, I did, did paintings of Devon as well. Lovely place. It's a fabulous guitarist and artist called uh, Richard Thorne who's a very, very noted artist. And we, even now, people bump into me and say, yeah, I saw you and Ricky Thorne playing at the, the you know, the What's It's Our Arms in Painton in, mm. in, you know, 1984, best gig I've ever been to. Because yeah. we were just fired each other up as yeah. guitarists. Yeah. And he's a stunning guitarist. He's left-handed, but he plays the guitar strung right-handed. So mm. it's all back to front and weird. And But wonderful artist Richard Thorne look him up on the internet yeah I will do I will do do you want to play us another song because we'll run out. we're talking such a lot oh god really yeah oh shut we'll up we'll run out of time to oh, play yeah. the songs um, how many more we got 
This is this is, two, your, two this is your third now. So you've got five if you want. If we can. Get oh yeah, I got. I can fit. Just tell me to shut up talking. Okay. Um, you no, know, you're interesting. That's what it's about. I found my peace of mind by a, a little known blues man called Pee Wee Clayton. I know, and I found I loved the song, and I found there is a CD online. I got the CD, and it's just full of really charming stuff. Really charming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 50, it was recorded in late 40s, early 50s, really early day stuff. Yeah. But awesome. Peary, how did you spend that? Pee Wee. Pee Wee, sorry. P Wee Wee. We double E, and I think it's I think it's I think it's Creighton, but it might be Clayton because you do get misprints. I'll uh, contact my good friend Jack Blackman. He'll know it. You will. He will. He'll almost <laughs> certainly. He'll direct me off and sends me stuff. You know. Oh really? About Eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. And he said, "Have you listened to this?" And oh so God. I, I put my earphones on. And I start listening to it, my good lady. What are you doing? I said, she said, you're listening to it tomorrow or another day. And I said, no, I've just got to listen to it now because he sent it to me. 
and this could be interesting, you know. It's amazing isn't it? the stuff that you find, you know. That's the one good. I mean, I when when I found out about YouTube, which wasn't that long ago, to be honest, I, I just feasted myself on old black and white footage of the Temptations because the Temptations were like my heroes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really just love. It. I mean, the original Temptations with David Ruffin and Eddie Kendrick. Um, I actually, I got to work with uh, the Showstoppers, you know, Ain't Nothing But A House Party. Yeah, Chelsea. yeah. Well, I was their musical director and, and guitarist on their 71 tour when they came over. And they had all the shiny suits and all the yeah, moves yeah, and all the yeah. harmonies. And they said, hey, man, come back to Philly with us. You can be the fifth Showstopper. And I thought, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would survive the culture. I really don't. I mean, I would have loved to have done it, but... I don't know how it would have turned out. But two of them, Sonny Burke and Laddie Burke, were Solomon Burke's nephews. Solomon Burke? Solomon Burke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you need me, why don't you call me? It's the funny thing, isn't it? You know, people talk about, um, you know, oh, the Beatles and the Stones, you know, original music. You look at the Beatles' first couple of albums, they're just for the soul covers. And well, not full of soul quite, but a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they got. Um, I don't like you, but I love you. You really got hold of me. That's a miracle song. Mm-hmm. Money. The best things in life are free. You can get them to the birds and bees. I want money. That was uh, Barry Gordy's first hit with Barrett Strong and um, Shake it up baby now Icy Brothers yeah yeah I remember the original one of that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and even what's that the one that George Harrison sung uh, Devil in Her Heart she got the devil in her heart but her lips they really thrill me so important to me that was the devil in his heart by the donays so they took that i mean yeah chris you're like a walking encyclopedia <laughs> stumbling yeah. have you know i mean if you're ever bored you, you just sit and talk to yourself about it <laughs> yeah and the stones as well you know if you need me why don't you call me? And what's the other one I did? Time, time is on my side. Yes, it is. You're searching for true love. Just wait and see. You'll come. So, yeah, time's on my side. I can't think of it. It was by. God, memories failed me. Stones were up in uh, Liverpool and Thursday. My good friend Jack Blackman, he got a ticket and he went really? up and seen them. And he came back on uh, on the Friday to one of the workshops and he was absolutely shattered. And that. So all day we kept calling him Jumping Jack Flash. <laughs> that name will probably stick forever now, won't it? Oh, God. But I don't know how they keep going. I mean, you, you look at them and... I mean, 20 years ago I saw Mick Jagger in Richmond his face looked like an old school satchel, you know, because yeah. you only see them from the stage, but close up. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they, it, it's like, 
is the kind of certain kind of theatrical athleticism to keep on going out there and touring and you know, yeah. coming on stage. And it's not like you're standing there and it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like James Taylor, you know, it's, he's leaping around all over That's the place. That's right, he's 79 years old and he's moving. God, Two hour set? Two hour set? Yeah. Because rumoured is if, if you stop and you come back after 20, half an hour, 25 minutes, you've stiffened up, you know, just like football. <laughs> everything's jammed, you know. <laughs> he's got like a, a Voltrol dispenser inside of his jeans, you know, he just slams his thigh, squirts a bit of Voltrol onto his knees. <laughs> right, should we go on to another song? Oh, go on then. Yeah. Go on then. All right. So when I moved up here, I did... um. Oh, I don't like plugging because anyway I did an album I've got a, I got some if you look at Chris Gibbons on Bandcamp there's a few albums there so this is off of the no, Blue Road album you plug away absolutely <laughs> we've done a bit more than most people Chris this is kind of about when you've when you're up against the wall and you realise no I'm not going to budge this is it this is why I dig my feet in and I make a stand and the song's called Final Stand and it sounds kind of sad but it's not it's positive it's not sad folks it's positive positive I know there can be no excuses now no victims no martyrs for the cause just you and I and all the thoughts I hide as the sun sets on battle games and wars no last great words will be written in the stone no sympathy to shadow where we stand just what I have what I've carried all this time will see me as I make my final stand Mary gathers up her flock her prayers to a lost among the hills and lovers lie amongst those tender songs and sing the words that drive away their ills no last great words will be written in the stone no sympathy to shadow where we stand just what I have what I've carried all this time will see me as I make my final stand old Billy left the hillside as the rain came down Determined 
to find his long lost bride. He knows she'll come along when the preacher starts his song. Locked in love, they will abide. No last great words will be written in the stone. No sympathy. To shadow where we stand, just what I have, what I've carried all this time, will see me as I make my final stand. Beautiful. Thank you. It's like being in concert here. In concert. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to being in custody. Yeah, custody. <laughs> Not been in there for a long time. It though. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's lots to talk about, but we mentioned um, you're an artist and you're painting. Oh, God. Okay, same same as plug. Now, I'm part of a wonderful art group uh, led by a lady called Eleanor Rose, who's, this all came about joining the Adult Community Learning group from Pound Lane in Leamington. Come the you know pandemic, we all went on to Zoom. Now we're just coming out of that and we've got a two-week exhibition of the whole group. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's Art in the Chapel. We're page 96 of the Warwickshire Open Studios uh, catalogue, which you'll see everywhere. They're given mm -hmm. out free. And we're there from the 18th of June to the 3rd of July, Wednesday to Sundays. We're not there Monday and Tuesday. And we're open from 10.30 till 5.30, except for Sunday where it's 1 to 5.30 because there's a church service. So that's the, that's the, uh, the Baptist Chapel in Radford Semily, just outside Leamington. Mm -hmm. How long have you painted then for? Two years. Blimey. It's mad, completely mad. I I studied art. Well, I say I did. I was in the London Grammar School. And I did art um, up to A level, and I had a place offered me at the Camberwell School of Art. And um, when I I did the Kyneton Village Art Show, and I spoke to John Lyons, who's the um, the president, and he he looked at my paintings. He said. You studied, I studied, I haven't painted for 50 years. He said, well, you must have done something. I said, well, I was offered a place in Camberwell. He said to me, if you'd have gone to Camberwell, you would have been made. So I thought, well, it was either that or music. And to me, I didn't know that Camberwell had that reputation. I mean, it was like mm. rather for actors, you know. Yeah, it yeah. was like that was the place. Mm. for. Uh, it was to study graphic design, so... Uh, but it's funny, isn't it? You know, there's uh, just a friend of mine, uh, Teresa, she get, uh, told me to read a book called uh, The Midnight Library. It's all about somebody who gets a chance to look at all the um, all the possible outcomes to choices and it forks in the road where you went one way and your life mm. went the other way. What would have happened if that hadn't had happened? So you get to a, the book. The whole book is about that. It's quite a... It's uh, yeah, it's good. I can't remember the name of the author. It's terrible. See, mind blank. It's called the Midnight Library. Mm. And thank you, Teresa, for yeah. shoving it under my nose. Yeah. 
I don't read much. I've got a terrible concentration span for reading. Because if I feel in that mood, I'll either paint or I'll pick up the guitar. But I do need to read more. I need to absorb, you know, be influenced by stuff otherwise. Where's Montgomery, famous jazz guitarist, said, no one can create in a vacuum. Yeah, and I yeah. think, you know, I used to read a lot. I used to read, you know, stacks of stuff, especially when you're on the road, you know, you always had a paperback with you. and mm. Because, you know, you, weren't, you, didn't, you couldn't bury yourself in a mobile phone. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. So you had to, you had to actually read literature. Yeah. People, yeah. people at home, literature. 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 I, I love reading. I read an awful lot. Do you lot. really? What do you yeah. read? Mostly historical stuff, but oh great! Um, I read a lot of music biographies. Do you really? Yeah, and I I, I, f I forget a lot of them as well. I read a lot about sixties and seventies and little stories and stuff. And you know, I read a lot of socialist stuff. I read about the countryside. Yeah, you know, I, I'm open to read anything really. But yeah. I read the Guardian as well, so all you listeners can understand that I'm an intellectual. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've stopped reading the paper. I read the um, I read on my iPad, and I, I miss the broadsheet. Sitting in oh, coffee yeah. with a broadsheet, yeah. disturbing everybody. I know. I I always remember my granddad going to sleep under a under yeah. a broadsheet. I think it was the I think it was the the um, what do you call it the um, the lead that was used. He was, he was basically kind of getting intoxicated. <laughs> Toxic fumes. Yeah, intellectual. Yeah, definition of a of an intellectual is a person that can listen to the William Till overture without thinking of the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and you have to be of an age to... Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, all you young people. No, look, no I, I was a Lone Ranger fan. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, you, you just had what... It was only on BBC to start with, and ITV came along, but I know. You, 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 that's what you did, didn't you? What was the best intro of a, of a, of a kid's, you know... The, uh, one of the one of the two that I really like one was Magic Roundabout. Oh God, yeah. And the other one was some wonderful guitar work on something. Was it called Sopransalot or something? Oh, it was called, uh, and it was some wonderful guitar work on that. I think the best the best intro from that William Tell thing overture was the um, was the, the Robin, Robin Hood da 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a tree, and that was it. Saturday morning, you were sat there. That was, that was great. Well, you had to because it, nothing was recorded. You couldn't record anything, no, did you? I know. So I if know. you missed it, that was that it. Was, gone for life. Gone for life. I can't believe that uh, the BBC tapes over so many priceless episodes of like stuff, which is yeah. like you know, you taped over it. Yeah. A shortage of tapes. So you think, God, really? Oh, incredible! Incredible. I know. Shall we get your last song in, look? And, oh, go on then. Because otherwise it's not fair on you, is it? It's not fair on me. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play, because I know you're accusing me of being a hippie, which is... That's th a compliment, isn't it? It's a good thing. That's a compliment. If any hippies want to come on the programme, they're very, very welcome. We'll have a queue next week at the door, I would think. I'm really, I feel really chuffed that you invited me actually. <laughs> it, saved, it saved me, saved me having to mow the lawn. <laughs> That's the ultimate compliment. I'm looking across at Peter, my uh, producer, I'm looking across and I bet you've never received a compliment like that before. <laughs> okay, I've just got to tune this a second. Shh. 
So in the 90s, I used to hang out at Glastonbury a lot. And I didn't bring it along today, but I've got an instrument called a sittern, which is like a 12-string, except it's only got 10 yeah. strings. It's a Portuguese instrument. And this is called um, uh, Walking in Shadows. Because half the time, um, we are our brains enclose us in dark clagginess when really everything is just amazing, but we just don't see it. We don't see it. We walk yep. inside the dark room, shut the door behind us. So this is, I wrote this, sat on Glastonbury Tour. The sun, it rises high on yonder hill As it kisses the morning And my heart will rise high as I greet the new dawning Yes, I love to feel the light As it shines so very bright And it makes me feel so right When I stop walking in shadows song if that wasn't the hippie song, <laughs> wasn't the hippie I, song? I think it wasn't <laughs> cracking tone in your guitar 
sadly, Chris, we're, we're going to have to depart because we've talked too much. We've only got seconds left. Okay. A huge thank you for coming along. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, really, really interesting. And thanks to Marion in Ireland, my lovely friend from Roehampton, that's uh, encouraged me to get my voice back in. She's, she's helped me to do this today. So thank you. Cheers. Thank you to Peter on uh, the sound desk and a big thank you to everybody who listened in. Catch you next week. Bye.